Hello, everyone. Welcome again. This is your Good Morning Football show. I hope everybody's staying safe uh, during the pandemic. We welcome you again to another round of some quality banter with the guys. So I woke up this morning and I was like, all right, there's a lot of pathway. We're we on a pathway. Everybody has a pathway to something, right? We go to school. You want to become doctors. You want to become surgeons. You, you know what to do. You go to the right school uh, to get you where you need to be. And I was thinking about the kids in the game right now. They all have a pathway they're trying to follow. Parents have a pathway they're trying to follow. Coaches have a pathway they want to be part of to get to the, to the highest level. So what is this pathway that we are talking about for the players, for the parents, for the kids? So I gathered some experienced uh, guys who have been playing in the game for a while at the youth level, played professional, played college, but all have different ways, different paths that uh, how they got to this game. Um, for me, you know, for those who don't know, born in Uganda, born and raised, came to America about 15 High school, sophomore year of high school, uh, did track my uh, spring season. And I, I, I was in the team that junior junior year of the fall. And I was on varsity team and never did club soccer. I just jumped in. There was a soccer team. I tried out and I made the team. And that's what I did. And then I ended up going to uh, Tyler Junior College. The story of Tyler Junior College, you might get that how I got there. Maybe we'll get into that later, but then ended up at Rutgers uh, University in Newark, graduated. And now I'm here doing a podcast for football. So you see the world is a bit too big or too small, whatever they call that. But again, I have my guests here today. All these guys I know in some way, either played with or played against, or I know now, but football is the reason that we know each other. So I want to, want to hear their life stories, how they got here. Um, one of my, you know, uh, one of the guys who showed me football while I was playing soccer is my man Kyle Tim, who comes from South Africa, who I think has a little bit of a weird life story with his game um, in football. So how you doing, Kyle? I'm good, Innocent. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everything home with family, everybody? Uh, it's, it's tough. We 50 something days in, I've been a teacher. I've been a, a Netflix coordinator. I've been, <laughs> I've been everything. And I've, I think I've watched every, uh, kids movie there is to watch. So this is, this is, this is the real job. So you're living a good life then. That's a good life. <laughs> no, far from <laughs> it. Good life. I miss my job. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's great that you took this time out. As I can tell you're a busy guy, you know, uh, with your family and everything. You have your story. Uh, like I want to, I want you to tell us more about how you got. What is your story? Uh, your football story at a young age. Just say you started to play football. What are you doing? You playing football at you know three years old, four years old. What's your little story there, real quick? In those, uh, uh, your starting stages of the game. Um. So honestly. Uh... Soccer started for me around six years old, six, seven years old. And it was the most unorganized, but the most fun I've ever had playing the game because it was, it was in the streets. We'd use, this was in South Africa. We'd use bricks, one, put one brick on the street, 
on one side and um, as a can goal. you please tell us where in south africa you, you uh this is so i was born in durban south africa and we would um we would just put it one one brick on one side of the street and i'd say about 40 yards down the other side you put another brick down and it'd be like 14 on 14 you know you had shirts and 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 no shirts playing against each other and those games honestly lasted like three hours and, <laughs> you know you just play and play and honestly i think a lot of a lot of people may know this but in south africa growing up it, it, we we paid so much more attention to making people um than scoring goals you know doing tricks rainbows over each other making making somebody embarrassing someone uh your opponent was was it's in our blood almost and kind of trickles into the uh to the professional game a little bit but um that's how i started playing um i think my dad saw that i i had interest in the game and tried at seven years old to take me to an organized training session and i hated it um i hated a coach telling me do this do that go here it was way too organized for my liking and i think i went once or twice and i told him i don't want to do it um from there we moved to johannesburg and that changed completely because where we moved to, there was a lot less uh, kids playing in the street because we moved to somewhat of a suburb kind of area. So there, were, there, there, was, there was no one playing in the street. And my only soccer fix was at school. We'd get to school in the morning before school, 30 minutes before we'd play. And then every break we'd play. we forget about lunch, none of that stuff mattered. Right, right. We just wanted to play. So so when you when I go back to you when you're in uh, Durban and you didn't like the organized club, w- were you missing the friends and you just wanted to make, like you say, you want to just make somebody? So the game wasn't about, what was the game for you? What was the, what was the game? What was the difference in the game for you? Still playing the game, but what was the difference that one was fun and one wasn't? Well, as a kid, I was, I, was, I was an introvert. So going into this space where all these kids knew each other and you're the new kid, it was very uncomfortable for me. And it just didn't look like anyone was having fun. You know, there were lines and coaches playing the ball out, kids are taking shots. Nobody's, nobody's doing anything fun. Didn't look like it, at least. And, and that one or, one or two sessions that I went to, I didn't like it. So... Playing on the street or at school was 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 it for me. And obviously at that time I had no um, no goals, aspirations of of. I never even watched a professional soccer game at that point, you know. So oh, so you just wanted to kick a ball, exactly. To your friends, gotcha. All right, <laughs> that's interesting. Interesting. You yeah. you remind me you remind me of uh, myself when I with my cousins because I didn't do the streets. I did backyard. Like every after yeah. lunchtime we my family versus my my extended family so we had like yeah. kind of like we had three i think we had three sets of families in one compound we had this uh kind of like estate type of place but it was all under this one family name right and we could after lunch we all have lunch and then we're like all right it's time to show who's who's got the best uh soccer genetics you know what i mean like we, yeah, we yeah. just played we didn't know what we were doing we just knew you gotta hit that hit that space or hit b- between those rocks, that's the target, right? So I get your story. So, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. So so for you coming from Dublin, we have guys here, uh, another friend of mine who's Michael now, very successful uh, 
in management and he's been playing soccer for hopefully all his life, I believe. And for Mike's story, it's totally different. Mike, where were you at? Were you playing? What were you uh, playing? Point guard at three years old? What were you, what were you doing? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love the podcast. Um, yeah, completely different story from uh, Kyle. Um, uh, from South Jersey, a small little town, Northfield, about 25 minutes outside Atlantic City, uh, born and raised there. Um, really started kicking a ball, I would say, around that same age that Kyle said, like five, six years old. But it was all for fun. You know, there was no rhyme or reason to it. Just, just, it, it was something that I was naturally good at. So just kept playing. Um, in the midst of that was also playing basketball, was also playing baseball, was also trying to play American football and uh, got hit once and realized that wasn't the sport for me. So uh, stuck to stuck to soccer and um, really just played that obviously all the way up through my entire life through, through college. So, yeah, but Mike, what's going on here at this time where I know in America there's a lot of other sports that can kind of steer you away from what you're doing. You can have a new sport you can play every single day when you're younger. What what made you, you did you stick to soccer and basketball? Was it basketball, soccer? Which was which was like the the most fun for you at this stage in your early childhood? Yeah, it, it was always it was always soccer. Soccer was definitely the one that was the most fun for me. It was the it was the, the sport that I was the the best at, if you will. Um, but then second to that was basketball too. Um, the other sports was really just gap fillers, you know, just stuff to fill up the time throughout the seasons. But if I was to go back in time, definitely that's that's one thing that we kind of talked offline about that I'd love to to go back and redo. Right. So so what is it? So what is it? What got you to soccer? What got you to decide, you know, I want to play soccer. What happened? Mom took you to a session. You're spot on. You're spot on. I think it's the traditional way American. Well, I was going to say American parents, but, you know, I, you know, I come from a Haitian background, but I think my mom wanted me to be a part of something at a young age instead of just sitting at home. So she had me try out for this local soccer team. And I, I remember that day I was so nervous. I was the only black kid uh, you know, going to the soccer practice, didn't really never played organized soccer up until that point and um, automatically fell in love with it. For me. And then we have, uh, we have, uh, you have someone else from the same suburbs that you'll probably, you guys probably play against each other. <laughs> we have, we have, we have, uh, Jersey, uh, Central Jersey, like the same so thing. Yeah. Yeah. We have Kene, who's who. So we have guys who have played. I want to remind our listeners that. We have guys. We have two guys here who have who have actually played professional. I didn't get to play professional. I had some knee problems at at five years old. That did not <laughs> let me. That didn't let me get to that level. But, but we have guys. We have guys here that played professional. Kyle has played a. He played a professional level at a younger uh, a younger stage before even I knew what professional was. Can you played. I think after college, but at five, six years old, were you, were they making you do track? Are you making you dunk? What are you doing? What are you thinking about five and six? Uh, five or six, I pretty much was following my older brother. So uh, I come from a Nigerian background. So it was kind of in our blood, but he was more the one that was like a guide for me. So he'd watch the World Cup. I'd watch the World Cup with him and then he'd go outside, try moves that he learned from watching the world cup and then i'd go outside 
try to do the same thing. And then from there, uh, we kind of find out that, you know, I was, I was pretty good at doing the moves. So I would just try to take that and into like uh, the future. So from there, I had my mom watch me playing in the front yard all the time. Like, all right, yeah, I want you to kind of, you know, make friends in the town. Go, I'm going to sign you up for this local team, you know? So from there, I played locally at a youth, youth level as the local team. I was killing it, killing it in the local level. From there, a more, um, more like academy. I started. I went to Maxford Academy. So they okay. from there. When did you When did you join Maxford? What age were you? Uh, I was 12, 12, 13. 12. Yeah. So you, so you, so you joined the level that you're supposed to play at at five years old, but yep. then you still went pro. Uh, yeah. So you're okay. saying? You're saying okay. interesting, yeah. interesting. Interesting. Next time, start earlier. You might be playing with Messi right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. So, okay. too. Yeah. So the, we have these are our guests today. These are guys who've gone through. Uh, they played the game until today. Still playing it today in some way, and still part of the game in some way today. And you can tell right away their our backgrounds are all different, but our love is all the same for the game. The first thing that we wanted to do touch the ball, play against somebody, and be the best at it. So now, I'm going to skip I'm gonna skip all those years where you were trying to get better. And now we are 12, 13 years old. And Ken, you just said at 12, you, you decided to join my faith, which is organized yeah. football. When this, when this happened and you were like, you know what, mom, we're going here. When I get challenged now, you'll... How that transition was what was happening in your head pretty much was it did you join why did you join Mashfit was it uh was it because you knew where you wanted to go at 13 with the game or did you join because you felt like this is just the auto the natural progression in the game uh I think seeing Mashfit like I, I would think of like Mashfit Academy just the name of how I can get to a higher level faster. So I think for me, in my, in my mind at that age, I'm like, yeah, mom, I want to, you know, I want to play for like the team that I think would get me to that next level. Like, oh, academy, I, I hear academy. So I think, okay, maybe if, if a scout sees me in this level, I can make it to the next level. So I think when I was younger, it was more about trying to trying to get to the next level how I can. So I think when I heard, you know, Max Schwitt was playing in tournaments, you know, traveling, I wanted to be a part of that. So I wanted to uh, kind of engage myself more with, you know, a team environment that's more organized and that's like more, more known. Okay. You know what I mean? So, so, so it's organized, but yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to understand this. So you watching the game, you playing the game. Yeah. Are you, what is your goal in the, like, I want you to be honest with the listeners. Mm. What are you thinking about right there? Okay. We, we watch, we used to watch, the Ronaldos, the Ronaldinho's, these are the guys we were watching, right? The Zidans and all these guys, right? And are we at 13? Mm-hmm. We, yes, we want to be them, but are we playing the game to be them or are we dreaming to be them on whatever field we're on? Like, what's going on in your head? Uh, I think I'm more dreaming, you know? I'm dreaming right. to, try to, to try to be... So even close to that level, you know, like right, I'm right. Like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm doing whatever, I, whatever I can to like try to get to that level, you know. Okay, 
So, all right, interesting. That's an interesting take because at 13 now, I think players players know more what they want to do in the game than we used to know, right? I think I used to just... At 12, 13, I just want to be better than my cousin. Yeah. Like, that's it. I, that's all I care about. <laughs> and I want to be I want to be better than my cousin the way Zidane is better than everybody else. Not... You know what I mean? Not to play against Zidane. Does that make sense? Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. How, that's how I work. All right. Yeah. So Mike, what do you? What's going on with you, with you at twelve years old? And uh, and uh, and you're deciding what what are you playing at twelve years old, and what is going on through your head? What are you thinking about in the game? What are you trying to do in the game for you? For you, what are you thinking about? Why are you playing at? Why are you still playing at twelve and thirteen years old? So I, for me, when I was 12, 13 years old, I think that's when the two thousand two World Cup was occurring. I think Brazil won that World Cup. And as having a Haitian background, obviously, if you're Haitian, you know, I think I heard in your other podcast, one of the guys is Haitian too. And, you know, they support Brazil. So that was a big, that was a big inspiration for me. And it was like the first World Cup that where I was old enough to like fully comprehend the game and kind of get an understanding of what was going on. So at the same time, I think YouTube started to become a little bit more relevant there. So for me, when I wanted to take the game a little bit more seriously, it was like hours upon hours. And and I really mean that hours of watching footage of Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Zidane, et cetera, and just trying to bring aspects of their game into the actual game. So for me, how I kind of took my approach when I uh, was playing traveling soccer at the time was watching those videos throughout the week and then seeing what I could pull off in a game. I wasn't necessarily of the mindset of, oh, I, you know, I, I want to become a professional. At least at that age, I, I wasn't thinking that because I think that was a, a bit too far fetched for me. But so, are we? Are, are our parents thinking about? And this goes to, uh, this goes to Ken and Michael. I know you guys. Are you guys? Are your parents saying you're playing for college? You're playing for pro? Or you just? Uh, my mom. I don't. I don't know about you, Kyle, but my mom never pressed. Uh, professional for me definitely press college like she would definitely tell me you know tell me repeatedly like you're good enough for college you need to keep playing this is the sport for you but from a professional standpoint she never really spoke to me about that I don't know if it was because of she didn't want to put additional pressure on my shoulders or whatever the case may be I think she just saw that I was enjoying the game it was uh keeping me occupied it was keeping me out of trouble so same with me I think it was more um they, they found that as an opportunity to get a scholarship with college. So they were pushing me, I, I think, in that sense to like, all right, we'll, we'll try to put you in the best position for you to, you know, get a scholarship because you, you're going to get the education, like, before anything, you know. They're like, uh, they, they'd rather be go to college, okay. you know, get the education. So for, for, for your parents, they thought, okay, if, you, if you're good at this sport, maybe you get, it, you, you get into college for both of you guys. So for, for Kyle, um, Kyle, you here, my man? Yeah, you but yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Great. So, Kyle, I, we we skipped ahead at twelve and thirteen years old. Now you moved from Durban, and now you're in part of a structured environment. At twelve and thirteen years old, what is going on with you in the game? What are you looking for in the game at that stage? In your at, at twelve and thirteen years old. Um, at that stage, uh, I I really got into the game and into the organized game at that point. Um, obviously that was the only soccer that was available because of where I was living. I had to go and play organized soccer and, um, obviously everything that I learned playing in the streets helped me 
and then the coaches <clears throat> that I came in contact with just helped help me get a better understanding tactically for the game and that then at that point I was I was obsessed man I was obsessed with I had heroes my my brother and I shared a room and our wall was full of posters of of anybody who was hot at that time that's our, our wall our wall was covered man and mostly brazilian players and and south african players because again one, that something that that we grew up with was was playing with flair and a lot of expression so uh, okay so so a question i wanted to ask cuz you you come from a a lot more modernized country from where i'm from in uganda south africa has been ahead uh for uh from a lot of the nations in africa so at 13 and 12 like again for me it was different i think we had organized soccer or whatever but i did not know about it i did not know about any club any training whatever so i just played the game uh i want to know what is it that what is your focus then now are you now playing so you have your heroes are you playing to be like your heroes in south africa or are you playing to be your heroes on tv what is your goal there now my goal was to play for Orlando Pirates, man. That was that was the goal, and then to play for the national team. Um, and at that time, our national team was was probably the best in in Africa because we just won the African Cup of Nations a couple of years before I was I was twelve. So, man, those those guys were my idols. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to wear the national team jersey. I wanted to play for Orlando Pirates because they they were the they were the best team at that time. Played with the most flair, most entertaining. The stadiums had sixty, seventy thousand fans. Those guys were like superheroes to us, man. And that's what I wanted to do as a kid. And I used to get criticized by my dad all the time because he would say that the the guys that I'm looking up to weren't good soccer players. They were just just they're just showboaters and stuff like that. And he would try and get me to watch Premier League. And at that time. Nobody was dribbling, man, and it was like, why am I watching this nonsense? You know? Right. Thank you. I wanna, I wanna thank Kyle for this, for this little take because, and this is what I'm saying. Kyle is 13, 12, 13, 14, and he just wants to be like his neighbor, the neighbor who plays for his local team, and you just wanna be that guy, right? And you're not thinking about, you're not thinking about the the Pele's, the Roger Millers, and all those guys. You just wanna be. Sort of be like the guy on 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 the, the Orlando hero. Pirates, yeah, Orlando Pirates. So your inspiration came from like the community, like home, seeing somebody that that you you are that looks like you, that comes from your from your upbringing, that is has gone through. You can relate. And right now, I think we have a lot of yes, we have. It's great to have dreams, but Michael Jordan. What did Michael Jordan do for kids in America? He made them believe that, yo, if you look like me and you come from whatever uh, family, whatever you look like, you can do it, right? Yeah. But right now, we don't, we having, we having kids who are coming from different environments, but are not looking up to this, the person who came from the same environment. We're looking at the one that the TVs are giving us. You know what I mean? Like we only, we only, we only working towards somebody like somebody else's dream yeah. i don't know if that makes sense right like the dream is 
the 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 end goal is the same, but the dream is not really the same, right? The passion that brings the dream is insane. So that was a good take. So, and and uh, I see a lot of you guys have have been in this uh, simply to just to just play, to just play the game, to just love it and want to be better than you are today. Now, now that let's say you moved on and you're advancing in your careers as youth players. Uh, when do you dec- when do you decide now? Okay, I'm on the path to become a professional player, or I'm on a path to play college ball. Oh, and how, how many of us are thinking about college ball as a way to to the pros, or are we just kind of like taking it as we go? So for you, Kyle, I know you ended up you ended up at uh, Tyler Junior College with me the same year. But but you were playing professional already in your in uh in uh, in South Africa, right? You were playing high level club soccer. You are on a, you are on a professional path in South Africa. How did how did that how did what was your goal between fifteen sixteen and seventeen? Where you were part of national team in South Africa, and then you end up at a junior college in Texas. So <clears throat> at that time, I had no idea about. Uh, college soccer, none of that. So at that time, my goal is, you know, you're getting, you, you start out, I eventually played for Orlando Pirates in the youth teams and started getting looks in the national team. And so I thought I was going to be the next 17, 18 year old to get a contract and, and blow up. And that, that's all I wanted to do in my mind. And so eventually bounced around from, one or two clubs and I was on what they called an apprentice contract training with the first team. I got loaned out to a second division team. So I was training in the morning with the first team, the premier league. This time I'm, uh, 17. So training in the man, I was, I was in my final year of high school. So I was home. I was doing my, I was homeschooling basically to, to, in order to train in the morning with the, with the professional team. So, um, I was training in the mornings, and then I was on loan to a, a second division team, which was in the same city in Johannesburg. So at night, I would go and train with the other team. So I was doing two sessions a day, and the coaches that I had, man, those guys were those guys were intense. There was a lot of running um, without the ball, so I was super super fit. And from that point, while playing for the the team that I was on loan to, that's when uh, a college coach uh, from Lindsey Wilson, Ray Wells, um, saw me and two of my other teammates playing. And he that's that was the first time college ever became a thing for me. Right. So, so, so at 15, at 16, 17, your goal is to, to get a, a professional contract in one of the... Uh, what club were you playing at at this stage? This point, I was at a club uh, called Silver Stars. They've changed their name about two or three times since since that time. They now they they now it's the owners now are high, the club is now Highlands Park, but it's the same same club. Yeah. Okay, so this is pretty much you want to be on the first team. You want to get a professional contract in the Premier League in South Africa. That's your goal right now. So you want to be a pro in South Africa, and then you you training and and somebody comes in and says, hey, you. Do you want to come to uh, America to do a college thing? So, how, wh- what is going on there in your head with that college into America? Are you are you still thinking maybe this is my way out into getting to 
American MLS? What are you thinking when this opportunity comes your way? No, no. I, I honestly, if it wasn't for my parents pushing me to 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 leave the country and and go and further my education and possibly um, use the college game as a springboard to maybe go to the MLS or, or to Europe, that's how they saw it. Um, if it wasn't for them pushing, I, it would never have happened because I honestly, I honestly didn't want to do it. Um, okay, so so I think they told you, hey, listen, now you can have two sides of the coin, right? Both sides of the coin. If you don't make it, you still have this opportunity in America with a great education. And then if you make it, hey, you know what I mean? You still got the education at the same time. There. So that's, that's a weird balance of how things work out and you have to make these choices. But like, it's good that your parents didn't say, "Hey, go to go to this college because they want you," but they don't want you for soccer. They have no soccer team. They just want you to to be there. But you didn't have to give up that dream, right? You the, the you didn't still give up the dream, but you're like, "All right, maybe I can make it work." So that's that's interesting. That's interesting. What about you, uh, Michael? So Michael, you you played more travel soccer. What are you where you at at fifteen, sixteen? You're trying to get into. You still want to play soccer and i know you're not thinking about the pro life uh and your personal what are you thinking about in the game do you just want to continue playing what is it that you're looking forward to in the game yeah 15 16 i think i'm like a junior in high school at this point and this is when i really really elevated my game you know i was playing i was a four-year varsity letterman in high school but my game was really starting to evolve um so at the moment at the time my ambition wasn't to play professionally, but it was definitely to play collegiate soccer and had a great junior year, had a great senior year. And then a semi-professional opportunity kind of fell into my lap um, the summer after I graduated high school, which I entertained. And it was a pretty humbling experience for me because I went from being this all-star player to elevating my game to a semi-professional standpoint and really just getting a better understanding that there is so much elite talent way better than me, which kind of solidified, okay, like Michael, you're not playing professional, but you're definitely, de definitely good enough to play collegiately. So. Right. So let me ask you something. So you've seen these players, right? You've seen these players. I want to ask you this question, right? You are seeing the great players that you say, wow, I'm never going to make it pro. How many of those players you think you remember seeing played in the same college division that you're playing at? That you played at it was kind of it was kind of scattered um from that group and and kenny i'm not sure if you remember that that team ac diablos i don't know if you remember when that team was established uh, yeah i've heard i've heard of them diablos definitely uh -huh. yeah so from who we played against Inno at rutgers i would say probably three who, who went to rutgers camden but others either didn't play collegiately um, but, they, but but they made you decide that you ain't gonna make it, which is crazy, right? Which is crazy in retrospect. But but I mean, obviously, it's not just me going to their practices and, and realizing that there's other things involved. But um, but from a from a pure talent perspective, it was it was more so like, wow, I still have so much work to do, you know? Right, right, right. That's 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 interesting. All right, so uh, continue. So now. So now you're 16, 17, right? You're junior, senior. Uh, when did you get on this college radar? When did now you make it? 
how were, what were you, what was your club doing to get you on the college radar? What were you doing? What were your parents doing to to look at you as a an athlete first, so that you could become a student athlete at the college? Right, right. So, um, throughout high school, I was playing travel soccer for this team called Cohansi, Co- um, and we would always go to college showcase tournaments and things of that nature during the summer or throughout the year. So that was really the um, opportunity for me to kind of showcase my abilities. But I actually was recruited at a playoff high school um, uh, game from a a local school called Stockton University. And the coach recruited me, actually told me that he wanted me. I went to preseason and actually didn't even make the team, to be quite honest with you. Didn't make the team, which was a huge shock for me, a a huge blow. which kind of pushed me on a little bit further. So that year that I wasn't playing, I was uh, playing in an adult Spanish league, and which really was the greatest experience of my life because it was so physical, so demanding. Um, and granted, it was it it was slightly disorganized, but it, it taught me to be a little bit more physically stronger and things of that nature. So from there, I had East Coach East come uh, see me in a game because I definitely wanted to play at the next level. I knew I was going to a better school in Rutgers, so he came and watched one of the games, and then from there recruited me, and then uh, I met your silly behind that summer in preseason. Right, so, right. <laughs> so, Mike, Mike, uh, I wanna, I wanna speak our listeners, um, our, our listeners to understand that story about you getting into college thing. What, what, where were you? Where, where did you get scouted? How did you get scouted for that Stockton opportunity? So. Funny story, I didn't even know that he was he was there, the Stockton coach. I didn't even know he was at the game. I was just it was just And what game was this? What game was this? This was a first round playoff game for high school. So we have our Oh so so you got scouted through high school soccer. Correct, correct, correct. So he happened to be at that first playoff game and saw my talent, came to came up to me after the game, told me about the school and things of that nature. And then from there, kind of kept in contact all the way up until that following year for preseason. Okay, got you. And so for Ken, can you kind of like, you, you've gone through the same uh, kind of like path of soccer when it comes to uh, our local New Jersey setup. Yeah. You, you, again, you're now 15, 16. You, you now, I guess you're now one of the top players in the state, right? Are you one of the top players right now in the state? Yeah. Uh, what position I'm, are you playing right now? So I'm playing a striker through, but um, high school is, is weird. So high school team, you know, high school some teams are you know not that good, right? In there, and so you just so you're there, but you're like you're putting up numbers, but sometimes it's like you're you're not getting looked at. You know what I mean? Right, right. So are you playing match fit as still yeah. now yeah. and high school, yeah. or match fit was only after high school? So Maxfit was starting my senior year of high school. Sorry, junior, uh, junior into senior year, I think. Okay. So and then um, so yeah, so you're you're getting looked at. I think I was, it was more through the academy, you know, showcases and things. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so 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 okay, so you you getting into Rutgers, uh, New Brunswick, D one. So this this. You when did you join Manchester at thirteen, right? Yeah, thirteen. Okay, so you've been in the program for a while now, and you're on their academy team. This is when the academy teams were academy teams, and now you're playing, you're playing in showcases. 
did you, but you get scouted for Rutgers. Rutgers is what? How many miles away from you? Twenty. Yeah, like 20, 15 miles. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. So you you do these showcases, but you get scouted uh, by Rutgers University in New Brunswick. What other schools that were were scouting you? What were they? Where they from? Or they? Why um, didn't you go to those schools? What? What? Why the decision was Rutgers yeah. New Brunswick versus the other oh, was, top D ones? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny enough because um, I was actually I was looking at Syracuse uh, more than Rutgers because I went there. They took me on a visit and everything. But um, it's crazy because you know in this country when when it comes to financials, you know certain certain things when it comes to that, you know they see you and then they bring you in, and sometimes they don't. They're like, oh, we want to give you you know partial scholarship. You know they try to save as much money as possible. So me going there, you know, I'm thinking, okay, in my mind, I want to, you know, help help my parents out the most, you know, get the most. Mm-hmm. So I go there and then uh, come to find out that, you know, the money that they I thought I was getting, like, they didn't, they weren't going to promise that. So I'm like, okay, uh, they I didn't have financial aid and everything. So I was like, all right, I want to stay local. Okay. Yeah, stay local. Got you. So that's interesting. Though. I'm going to rewind a little bit now, right? Yeah. So now you're going through the college you're navigating the college decisions that you have to make. Yeah. Let's go back to you now. What do you want? You want to be a pro right now. Do you are you thinking you can be a pro? You can be in the was it the MLS then? It was still the yeah. MLS, right? Was, uh, so do you wanna yeah, do you wanna be in the MLS now? Do you wanna play in Europe? Like what do you want versus what your parents want for you with the, a nice college education? Uh, I think at, at that stage, I was looking more towards uh, MLS just because I was looking at Rutgers and just the people mm-hmm. who went through Rutgers. I'm like, yeah, when it comes down to it, there wasn't many people who played overseas, you know, like EPL. Nobody right. was playing in La Liga. So I'm like, okay, maybe this this would be the closest path, you know, getting to the MLS. So I thought Rutgers would be a good opportunity for that. Okay, so you thought college was your path with, into the pro yeah. uh, life, right? Okay, yeah. that's okay. interesting. So... So you you decided on Rutgers because they offer the best uh, financial opportunity uh, for you and your family. Yeah, so I think being local, yeah, the most it was the best financially, and also just I, at that point I was like, yeah, I didn't really want to go far. You know what I mean? Like I wanted my my friends and family at that age. You know, you're thinking like. I want my family around. I was more, you know, more timid. You know, some kids, right, they, don't, right. they, don't, they don't want to go away. So I was like, all right, I, I could be local, have everyone come, you know, come around. So I think that was and, uh, more my decision. And, and you know, it's funny because I want to get into this. So all the all the kids that are playing soccer right now, right, mm-hmm. uh, their parents would tell you, oh, no, I, I don't, I'm not worried about him making pro. I want him to go to college. Uh, may, maybe me not having to pay the whole bill for college because college is expensive, yeah. but but they use the game as a a way a driving tool uh, for their kids to get into college. So I remember how I got into college. I want to remind everybody: I didn't, I never played club soccer. Mm-hmm. If I played a club soccer game, I was literally using some other black kid's card that did not show up. <laughs> <laughs> this is honest truth, and yeah, right, no way. <laughs> and, I, and I wish Chris was here because Chris was the Chris was the guy that was taking me to these club soccer things. Because I showed up here, I played high school soccer. I went, I I rode my bike five miles, two miles, three miles to North Bergen, mm-hmm. and they knew who I was for my high school soccer team. 
and they wanted me to play on their team on the weekend. Hey, come to this weekend game. And for <laughs> some reason, I was in the game and I was scoring goals. I was doing all this stuff. Like, I want to remind everybody again, I never got structured training. Mm-hmm. Kyle started, Kyle got his training starting 12, like a little bit more structured. Michael was more in a travel uh, situation where the, I think the European guys came in and started kind of like teaching you how to kick the ball from 20 yards out of the day, out of the 18 yard box. And then Kane was in a professional, quote unquote, professional cool, cool. organized <laughs> organization. <laughs> That's that, another story. <laughs> that got him on a path. So for me, I was this guy in high school. I did two seasons in high school, zero. I'm telling you, zero club soccer. I never went to a tournament, never went to a showcase. I never went. And I go to, I get invited to a Duke soccer camp in the summer. Uh, and I'm like, I go to it and I get offers from UNC Greensboro. UNC Greensboro offered me $5,000. Their school was like, Twenty-five or thirty thousand for out-of-state kids. Yeah. Duke offered me lunch. They said I, they said they said I could have lunch for the year. <laughs> this is, and you know, I never talk about this stuff because I think people, a lot of people talk about that. I think a lot of guys who are in our game talk about the level they played at, but. They have, I know they're not really telling the real story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my story there. And I'm there. And so Greensboro, I'm, I tell my mom, I come back from the camp. I tell my mom, hey, I'm going to go to Greensboro. They're giving me $5,000. Duke University. And the reason why Duke gave me lunch, you guys know why Duke gave me lunch? Because my GPA. Mm. And I was black. Well, I was black. <laughs> I was, I was. Do you know how many black Africans were at the Duke University camp, you think? You think about it. You, uh, can you guess how many black kids that are African were there? Exactly. You. So this is <laughs> Yeah, me. <laughs> and, right. Right. So, so me at Duke, and I'm looking at this campus, and I'm like, yo, I want to be here. Like, this is amazing. I was eating better food than I was eating at my high school. And I'm mm-hmm. like, come on. And then they, and I'm like, you know what? The coach sees me like, hey, I want you to come. Like, they were like, you know what? Come to our team. And I know they were literally telling me, come try out for our team in the fall. You're not going to be on the team, but come try yeah, out. Come try we're out. Give, we're going to give you lunch, though. You know, you're going to take care <laughs> of it. So, so I'm, I'm just thinking, and I tell my mom, hey, but Greensboro is only giving me 5000 But listen to this. The Greensboro coach. Tells me, hey, listen, if you're not willing to come right away because of the financial commitment, we are going to – I have a co- Coach Clements at Tyler Junior College. I'm going to have you go to Tyler Junior College, and you're going to be on a full scholarship at a Tyler Junior College. Me and my mom are looking at each other like, oh, I looked up Tyler Junior College. I looked up Coach Clements, and these are the guys who are winning national championships mm-hmm. in soccer. So I'm like, <laughs> This is my decision was soccer. I'm like, listen, I'm gonna go in class and play soccer, right? At a high level. Let's go there. My mom's like, all right. And that's what I loved about my mom that she let me make that decision. Cause I had I had offers from Princeton to play to do track. 
had offers all over New Jersey from Rutgers, New Brunswick to do track. Like when it came to track, I was a beast. Like I could go anywhere. You know what I mean? So, so me deciding soccer was more like that passion. I grew up on soccer track. I just ran fast. I didn't know how to, I just ran fast. You know what I mean? And no, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and, and, and it's interesting that like my path wasn't like on a schedule. You know what I mean? I never had an English coach tell me, check your shoulder, mm. check your shoulder, mate. I never heard that. I only heard it when I started coaching. Like I've never heard of, you know, I never heard of tactics. I went to, I was at Tyler with Kyle and I told Kyle, I think a few weeks ago, what did I learn from Tyler? Like they thought I was a bad player, but what did I learn from Tyler? Like what did they teach us? And I think they were not teaching us, but the players were so good. And I was so surprised the level of players that I found at a junior college that were coming from all over the world into this one place in Tyler, Texas, mm. right? And now that now I'm a coach and I'm coaching the youth game, I'm wondering, like, why why do we say there's a path? Like, what's the path? Is the path, uh, uh, is there, like, this trail, this train rail you're taking, or is it, is it about the, the luck of you being hardworking, talented, lucky, you know, like for Kyle, like how lucky do you think you are to end up where you were at Tyler and then Tyler gets you all these opportunities after that when you wanted just to be a pro? Yeah, I think uh, I think I was quite fortunate um, because I was supposed to go elsewhere and fortunately enough, my... My father knew somebody in the States who was kind of involved in, in the game and um, a couple other options had come up when we decided we didn't want to go to the, the original school that offered me. So me ending up at Tyler, um, not only was it a, a, a good situation for me uh, soccer-wise, but academically and then even leading into my coaching career, it was a... It was it was an excellent uh, choice. Yeah, just for everyone to know, Kyle is now coaching at the USL Championship level right now, and he's a very, he was a very good footballer. He was like the high level IQ guy, uh, Tyler. And but now his path. So I want people to know for from you, Kyle, for you getting to this point. That that how was that recruiting? How did that recruiting work into? Uh, Tyler, TJC, how did that, what was the day-to-day until you got to sign that commitment into Tyler? So at that time, we didn't have a, we didn't have a computer at home. So my, my parents were the only ones who could get emails and they would only get their emails at work. So all the communication that was had with the coaches was with my parents. So I never really spoke to anybody until the LOIs came and, and the documentation came and, you know, they send all these packets and stuff. And I was like, okay, I go through the packet. I'm like, okay, it seems, seems kind of cool. Um, I'll do this. And then I think once it was all done and we signed and then I, I spoke to coach Clements one time and that was it. It was like a two minute conversation and that was it. I was going to the U S um, that's the only converse, uh, communication I had with him until I landed. And, I mean, at that time, it, it feels like it was the Stone Ages, man, because 
I I travel with no cell phone, nothing. You know, it's, it's, it was it was crazy. But 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 think about how because I know I was at Tyler when you were at Tyler, right? For that one year, like like Coach Clemens took care of his players, like he took care of you. You were the captain of the team, like. But think about how life works, right? Where like you could have gone left or right, and then this one decision that the game brings you or the opportunity that the game gives you, you can go off the rails. Or, you know what I mean? So you could have gone to a better... You could have decided to go to a D1 school. Yeah. Would your life turn out the same? We don't know. But, like, you're happy where you're at right now, right? Like, you're happy with what Tyler brought into 100%. your life. 100%. I think more than more than just the, the playing side of it, just like you mentioned, I think it's uh, a coach's responsibility to care for the human first. So... Um, and I think your players will will remember you for how you treated them m- more than they'll remember what what kind of sessions you put on, you know. So um, that, and I think you know, I, I don't think it was the greatest decision soccer wise, but the the whole package, um, it, was, it was, yeah, all of it put together was a good decision. Good decision, yeah. The life part of it, the life, yes, the life side of it. Right, well, 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 congratulations, and I'm happy for you. You know, we try to stay in touch in there, and uh, and I, and I love where you at. You're gonna be a great coach in in the US, and hopefully, I get to coach against you soon when I have my Red Bulls uh, contract. So <laughs> you're gonna go, at, you're gonna go, at, you know. So so for you, Ken, you know, what is what is that scouting going through? So now you have you have Rutgers. Or Syracuse, and you want to go to Syracuse, but how do you get? How did you get to those opportunities? The showcases. What is the day to day? Are your grades? Are your grades? Is your school work? Did your did those teams? Because these are these are high level education yeah. uh, programs, right? Did your grades play a huge part, or did your soccer play a a bigger part than your academics? I think. Yeah, academics they played they played a big part in it too. Just because at the time when I was there, I don't know if they do it now, but I had to have an actual SAT score for certain schools to get into. So there was actually a few schools that I had like um, academically I, I couldn't get because my test scores. Because in school my GPA was good, but they wanted that test score. So like higher schools, you know, like Duke University is one of them. Right. They, they always they want you to have you know. High score. Right. So, so quick question: do, do you know any of your teammates that were high level, nationally ranked players that couldn't get into the D one level because of their grades? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you, so you have a couple that you know that had to go the other route because yeah. of simply their grades. Yep, just because yeah, a lot the grades messed them up a little bit. You know that that, so helped, this, that held them back. Because this goes back to when you said like. Syracuse is offering one of the top strikers in New Jersey, yeah. uh, like nothing, right? Yeah, to play yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah. So that means if you, if maybe if you did better in school, maybe you get more of the academic side of the scholarship. Yeah, is I that what yeah. it is? Yeah, I think yeah, because the, they they kind of look more at the the whole package in in this country. Okay. You know, the right. academics it help it helps them when it comes to you know looking on the outside looking in. You know, like the right. team, all oh, the team. You know, GPA is, is good as well, well as, as well as the soccer. Right. Well, they have, well, soccer is not bringing in yeah. 100 million, right? It's not bringing yeah. in 100 million. So <laughs> they ain't going to spend a whole scholarship on you. So, yeah. So, 
So, so for you, it was okay. You have to be great at the field, but really good at yeah. school as well. Really good, good at- above average. You gotta be above average in school. Yep. And if you want to get the full scholarship, you better be top two. You better be Einstein. Einstein. (laughs) Top two. You got to be top two in school, top two in soccer in your state. Exactly. You got to be everything. So, Mike, so, Mike, you you didn't have to worry about the soccer level too much like these guys had to, right? But but your education mattered, right? Because you knew the school, you wanted to go to a good school, right? But, but, but the only way the coach could get you win after looking at your great grades is like, hey, listen, you still want to play Division Three and Jack, very powerful conference, but how are your grades, right? Like, I, do you have a grade that it's easy for me to say to push for you, you know? So that's what was it for you? Yeah, so it's funny you mention that because when, I, when East recruited me for Rutgers, he said, after I already made the team, he was like, I just want to let you know, like, this isn't Stockton. This is Rutgers. You, you got to keep, you got to stay on your, I can't, I don't know if I can curse, but you got to stay on your shit uh, in order to play here, in order to play here. So luckily when I was at Stockton, I was commuting that first year. So I was really, and I wasn't playing either. So I was really focused academically. So I I left Stockton with a 3.8 and then went to Rutgers. So it was really easy from a, a like a, a credit transfer standpoint and just getting into the school for me to go there. So that process was actually the easiest part. The hardest part was obviously proving my worth to the team and to the coach, you know? So, yeah. Right. So just for, for the record, uh, Mike has a mini mansion. I know he's trying to be all humble. Uh, he, has a, he has a mini mansion. And, and hey, Kyle, don't listen to him at all. <laughs> and, and, he, and, and if it wasn't this for his... From, you know, with the views of, of the <laughs> Right. Coming from him, like, if, if it if it wasn't again, I'ma be honest. If even for me, like I did I did do finance at Rutgers and graduated with the final degree with a good GPA, you know, three point five. Not bad, you know what I mean? I could be I could be I could be at JP Morgan with my boys, you know, in suits, but 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 it also helped me learn like being able to attend this type of uh uh institutions through the game, like the game of soccer brought me here. But if I wasn't focused on my education part in, in America, I could not be where I'm at. For Kyle, it's a little bit different because we can't measure the South Africa versus America, but like his game was that impressive that he could skip. Mm. You know, I wanna I want I want parents and players to understand that not everyone is the same, right? So when you say a pathway we cannot have the same pathway because the talent isn't the same, right? Our chances aren't the same. We're not from the same towns. Uh, like, we don't have the same coaches. Some coaches are more focused on you playing college ball. Some coaches are focused on you winning Jefferson Cup. Some co- you know, So everybody's different. A lot of coaches are never going to bench you when you don't get your, your right grades in school. And some coaches are going to bench you even if it's a state game and i want to i want i want i want people i want you guys to let me know if i'm right or wrong like the pathway is about having a balanced life if we're looking at it from from where we are right now right are you having are you being uh keeping a steady balanced life because the only way out 
the only way out for for like a Kyle and me if we stayed back home wasn't really just soccer. If we decided to dedicate ourselves to to school and play a little soccer, we'd still probably be here, right, Kyle? If we decided that, you know what I mean? So a lot of people hear the stories about the guys who had no choice. Yes, they are there, but we're not. The li- I don't think our listeners are the guys who have no choices. Mm. Does that make sense? So I want them to know that learn to be put your all. The 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 no days off you have with doing high knees should be the same no days off on reading a book and picking up you know picking up some uh, uh some stuff off TV that helps you with school because. Schools are taking players. The scholarship that kids are getting is you being special on the field, but most importantly, off the field. Like, like all like if they need somebody special on the field, they can pick from the continents of Africa, Europe, Antarctica. They can do all that if they really want that special. And that's why I ended up on the same team with Kyle. We, um, they, they. I don't think we, they looked at my GPA versus Kyle's GPA. They looked at Kyle's GPA. I had a three point six. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <And> look, <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about Kyle coming in. I'm talking about Kyle coming in. I don't think they are measuring us the same, right? Like there are players that did not get in, but Kyle got in before them because Kyle was a, was special in the game, but we. I don't. It's hard for us. The culture here is not made us to understand that 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 the lifestyle where guys the way out is football, right? So I want people to understand the pathway is a balance. Balance yourself where work hard in the game. Don't forget to work hard in the what in in school in in and forget school too. But like lifestyle, learn to talk to people. A lot of these players are so good, but they can't even. They don't know how to say hi to somebody when they walk onto the field, right? And then, and then a player behind them, an inch less than them, does that, and then they make the team, and they're like, "Oh, oh this coach, they like, they like him, right?" <laughs> Yo, you know, let me let me let me add one thing if I could, because I, Kyle said something interesting earlier about the coach. The first thing that's most important is the human element to it, and I know this podcast is uh, is geared towards the parents in a, in, in a certain respect. So one thing that I respect the hell out of Coach East for was my senior year when we were, you know, because I had that year of eligibility where I stayed in an additional year. So we were in the ECAC conference. We were in the playoffs that we eventually went on to win. But the game prior to the championship game, I had an interview for my current job that I'm still with that I'm still with today. And I would I would have had to miss the game. They were going to fly me out to Chicago, in which they did. So I remember going to Coach East's office and telling him about this. And it was like no questions asked. He was like, yeah, you got you got to do what you got to do. You, you definitely got to go do the interview. So imagine if he was one of the coaches where it's like, like, no, this is unacceptable. You have to go to the game. Like, I just, he could have been able to manipulate you into going to the game, right? Correct. So I think it's important for parents and players to understand that as they choose their colleges, as they choose these pathways, make sure you fully understand the individuals that you're going to go to work with, that you're going to be having be your coaches. You you really need to fully understand the culture around the program because you don't know where that's going to lead you if you're going to fully invest yourself in that. Okay, so that was a great uh, last take from Michael. Anybody else has any message for our 
players, our young players on this path to wherever they want to be at college, pro, you know, uh, making it in life. Uh, what do you want to send to to those players? Uh, just for me, the thing I say is just, we say it all the time, you know, as coaches, I know you, should, you guys will say it too. When it comes to education, like um, injuries, they're a big thing, you know, in the future, man. Like I have personally, I can talk about injuries all the time. So that's one thing that made me really grateful for my education. So like just meeting, meeting the different um, people who got me opportunities outside of soccer, you know, from, from education, from Rutgers. So I think just, you got to think of kids, think got to think of the future more a little bit like soccer can be your passion, but have that in mind that anything can happen. So you want to, you want to be in an environment where people can help you get places, you know, after that. So I think that's, that's just what I'll leave off at. Yeah. I would, I would say to the young American player train, train as if your life depends on the, the game and study as if your life depends on it too. So, so don't separate them. You know, they they both they're both very important. So right, I love that one. That's that's what I would say. Oh wow, wow, wow! Again, I'm gonna repeat it again. Train like your life depends on it, and study like your life depends on it. Philosophers, <laughs> <laughs> we got some philosophers. I, I love that. I love that. Thank you, Kyle. That was great. So again, to all the players, again, this was another podcast on Good Morning Football, just to keep our players, our parents, whoever's in the game that might end up having a kid and all that and wondering if the game is the game is for you. But understand the game, the end goal of this game is life. Are you having life after the game? Whatever you do, pro, college, you work, I think the game is is there for us to balance life. And and thank you guys for kind of like letting us know your stories. We have guys who play pro guys who are now country coaching colleges, professional level, coaching the youths. And then we have, you know, great managers who get flown out to Chicago for a meeting. <laughs> Private jet, you know, and, and, and they're playing Division three soccer. Uh, and they might be funding some of those MLS players you're watching right now. So this is what I'm saying. Life, life is football, and that's why we're here. Football is life. Thank you guys again. And that was another episode of Good Morning Football. I can't wait for this to be out there. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man.